exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. How would you like to be the guy that has to follow Moses? Think that might create a little bit of angst? You talk about woofa. Some of you don't remember what woofa stands for. There's fop, foss, Foth and Wuffa. Fop, fear of people. Foss, fear of success. Foth, fear of failure. Wuffa, worry, fear, anxiety. You talk about a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of fear, a little bit of worry. Be the guy that has to get up the next morning and you got to stand where Moses stood and lead those million and a half people. That's what the first chapter of the book of Joshua is all about. Joshua was following Moses. And in that first chapter of Joshua, God is speaking directly to Joshua. And this is what he says. Moses, my servant is dead. Well, hello, like he didn't know that. Then he says this. Lead them in to the land. But the Jordan River is there and it's flood season. And so the river's flooding. And he's saying, Joshua, lead them into the land. Get them across the river into the land. And we, we don't know in what way Joshua demonstrated it. Scripture doesn't tell us. But three times between verse 6 and verse 9, God says to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. In one verse, God says it this way, be strong and very courageous. How come? Because Josh is struggling with Wuffa. And God is letting him know it's a heart issue, Joshua. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And God instructs him how to deal with his heart of worry, fear, and anxiety. And the first thing he says to him is, do not let this book depart from your mouth. Stop speaking negativity. Stop speaking worry, fear, and anxiety. Stop talking about how you're not certain you can do this. Stop talking about 
what the circumstances are before you. Come on, Josh. You're one of the two that stood before those giants. May I remind you that 40 years earlier, Joshua was one of the 12 spies that went into the land. When they got into the land, they found the land was filled with giants. Okay? Now, I think most of you in the room have heard about David and Goliath in some measure, in some way. Goliath was one of the giants. Goliath was nine foot, nine inches tall. Okay? He was not the big guy. He was the runt. He was the runt. One of the kings who was over the giants, his bed was 13 feet long. He didn't want his feet hanging over the end. Giants ranged anywhere from nine feet tall to 14 feet tall. Somewhere in that range. Now, that might make you a little nervous if you were facing an army and the runt was nine foot, nine inches tall. That might make you a little bit nervous. They came back and when we can't do this, Joshua and Caleb said, yes, we can. But now Joshua is stepping into a whole new arena of leadership he's never been before. He has to follow the guy that brought them across the Red Sea on dry ground. He's having to follow the guy that, that faced Pharaoh and, and did miracle after miracle. He's, he's having to follow Mo. You kidding me? And God's saying, Joshua, here's how you conquer worry, fear, and anxiety. Don't let my word depart from your mouth. In fact, here's what I want you to do. I want you to meditate on it day and night. Observing all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. See, it's a heart condition. It's a heart condition, right? Wow. But see, that's the parable we looked at last week when we looked at the parable of the heart, right? In Matthew chapter 13, 1 to 17. Jesus was saying to us, it's a, it's, it's a heart condition. Most people call that the parable of the sower. He wasn't talking about the sower. He was talking about the heart. And when he gave this parable about the heart, he was saying there are three conditions of the heart that keep you from having an abundant life. He said, first of all, the heart can get so much traffic that it gets beaten down like a hard path, right? So much traffic. All your family members, 
all your friends, all your neighbors, all the music you listen to, telling you how things won't work out, how you're a failure, you're so stupid, you'll never do anything right, you'll never amount to anything. Oh, that'll never work. Oh, you can't do that. That'll never work. You can't do that. And all that traffic on your heart just makes your heart hard. And when you hear the word of God, it just falls on there and then the enemy just steals it away so it it doesn't bring forth life. Next thing Jesus said was that was that the heart can get full of rocks, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, feelings of failure. Boy, I gotta tell you, when, when you make a big mistake, doesn't that just hang around forever? And you just think on it, you think about it. And the next time you're about to do something, you think about that. Wait a minute. Well, the last time I did that, that was really, oh boy, I'm not doing that stupid thing again. I'm not going there again. Forget it. No, pastor, I could, I, I could never do that. I mean, well, well, sure you can. No, I can't. I mean, I've tried that before and it just, it just blew up in my face. I'm not doing that. No way. Come on. That, that, there's a rocky place there and the seed can't, can't take root. Or there's hard pan. You've only gone this deep and you're not going to go any deeper. Holy Spirit doesn't plow any deeper in your heart. That's, that's as far as it goes because whatever. But that's as far as it goes. It doesn't go any deeper than that. And you look at other people that go deeper in their spiritual life and you're envious of them, but you don't go deeper because that's as far as you've obeyed God and you won't go any further than that. That's as far as you'll let Holy Spirit take you. And so you build this hard pan. And so when the seed falls and it takes root, but it can't go any deeper than that because that's just as far as you will go because that's as deep as you will obey God. And then, and then the enemy sows weeds. Jesus gives another parable about, about the tares and the wheat. And the tares are weeds that look like wheat, but they're not wheat. Boy, that's a whole lesson we need to look at sometime. And that is, that is stuff that the enemy will sow in your life. And it will look like it's good. It looks like it's going to lead to bountiful life. But it's not. It's a weed. It's going to choke out the good in your life. Well, that's a whole nother lesson. (laughs) But Jesus said, those three things keep you from living abundant life. But then he says, but when you let When you let the Holy Spirit plow up your heart, break up that fallow ground, when you let the Holy Spirit get those rocks out, when you let the Holy Spirit go deep and plow up that hard pan, when you let the Holy Spirit plow up those weeds out of your heart, now your heart, it's ready to receive the seed and it's gonna bring forth abundant kind of living. Amen? But see, that's that's, that's what... That's what Proverbs 4.23 is all about. There's two interesting passages of scripture in the book of Proverbs. King Solomon said this in chapter 27. He said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. But then he also said this in Psalm 4.23. Guard your heart with all diligence For out of it flows the issues of life. Guard your heart. 
That literally means put a watch. Be alert. What's coming in to your heart? You know, you gotta, you gotta put a guard over your eye gate, your ear gate, your thoughts. You gotta put a guard there. You, you, you can't just let any stuff come in. I, I know it's a really, really old saying. But if you live your whole life on country music, you need to start playing that music backwards and you'll get your dog back, you'll get your pickup back, you'll get your wife back. You're filling your life with negativity. If you're filling your life with the world's rap music, you are filling your life with trash. Just trash. If that's what you're listening to all day long, I get it. One of the, one of the things that I have had to just let God do for me. When I was a teenager, I mean, from the time I was in the eighth grade till I got out of high school, my radio was on KNEW Channel 79, Spokane. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe 50 years later I can still sing that song. <laughs> you know why? 24 hours a day. My radio was never off. So all night long, I was listening to the Beatles. I was listening to Jan and Dean. I was listening to the Mamas and Papas. I was listening to the Righteous Brothers. I was listening to all, all that stuff. And all that music was just soaking into my being. It was shaping my worldview. It was shaping my life. It was shaping my thinking. And there are many of you. It may not be music. It, it, may, be, it may be novels. It may be romance novels. It may be television programs. It may be, it may be just sitting around with friends and neighbors and constantly talking drama. Constantly talking drama. And it's filling your life. It's filling your heart. He said, put a guard. Guard your heart. With all diligence. And the word there for diligence is a military term that literally means to set a military uh, army around your heart. Wow. Wow. It's the same thing that Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20, right? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Stand. And having done all to stand... Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the belt of truth. Have your feet wearing the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Put on the helmet of salvation. Take up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. With your mouth filled with praise and prayer. Stand and having done all to stand. Come on, put a guard around your heart. How come? Because out of it flows and springs the things of life. Out of it, out of it. Man, if you've got doubt and fear and worry springing out of your life, it's because that's what's in your heart. If you've got negativity all the time, you're always thinking negative, you're always talking, that's because that's what's in your heart. 
If you're always talking failure and, and nothing's going to work out, if you're talking doom and gloom, oh, America's going to hell in a handbasket. Can I tell you something? Yeah, I know we're living in the last days. And yeah, I know there's a whole lot of opposition to the Christian faith. And yeah, I know there's a whole lot of things that need to be changed. And yeah, I know that stuff is bad. But I want to tell you something. God has given us a promise. That as well as the rising of the Antichrist and the apostasy in the church in the last days, he promised in Joel chapter 2 that along with all that stuff was going to come the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the history of mankind. Which do you want to focus on? The negative or you want to focus on what God's going to do in the last days? As for me and my house, we're going to focus on the things God's going to do. Amen? Amen? Don't talk the negative. Can I just say this? Are you going to be okay with this? Hang on. You might want to grab the side of the chair because you might fall off. It's time to shut off the talking heads and just listen to Jesus. They're going to talk talk doom and gloom. They're going to talk failure. And I'm I'm, I'm saying all talking is, whether whether you're talking public radio or you're talking about the conservative radio folks both of them they're all talking doom and gloom they're all talking defeat they're all talking how it's all going to go to hell in a handbasket can i tell you something not the kingdom of god that's why jesus said when you pray pray this way our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven you're going to live by that or you're going to live by everything else it's a choice it's a hard issue it's a hard issue go ahead take a deep breath turn to your neighbor and say aren't you glad pastor's telling us this today (laughs) it's a hard issue And the same thing that Almighty God said to Joshua is what Jesus said to the disciples and what he says to the church. Exactly the same thing. Now, we've identified five steps so far in how to consistently live victorious. Look look at these with me, if you would, please. And I'm going to have you read them aloud with me, if you would. Okay, we'll start right here. Everyone together. Affirm the victories of Jesus that he's won for you, right? Amen? Here's the next one. Renew the spirit of your mind. Take personal responsibility for your thoughts, emotions, and behavior. Don't blame others or make excuses for negative emotions, behavior, and wrong thoughts. It gets a little more exciting. We can work on here. Here we go. How about this? This is a good one. Affirm the promises of God in your life. Now, those are the first five steps, the principles of God's word. And God spoke these same things to Joshua, exactly the same things that he spoke to Joshua. Joshua, it's a personal responsibility. Don't let the word of God depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Obey it. 
Don't stand there and make excuses. But Jericho's so big. The walls are so big. Well, we got a flooding river. Oh, God, we can't do this. No, don't, don't make excuses. Don't blame others. Take personal responsibility. We can do this. We can go for it. Come on, amen? amen. We can do it. It's the same for you. Same thing. These five steps. Now, we got to add number six to it, though, because this is really, really important. And here is number six. So we got, we got those five. Everyone say number six with me, would you? Affirm the nature and character of God. Yes. Affirm the nature and character of God. See, we got we to grab hold of God's promises and then affirm that those promises are based in his nature and in his character. And so his promises can't fail. Let's look at his promises. Okay, here we go. Go to the next slide for me. This is so good. Wow. Now this is what God said to Joshua. Ready? Don't let my word depart from your mouth. Meditate on day and night. Observe to do all that's written therein. Right? Joshua 1.8. Look at Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Listen. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it doth he meditate day and night. See, he's not letting the world's way, he's not letting the world's ideology and philosophy, he's not letting what everybody around him is saying, he's not letting all the naysayers and all the doom and gloom talkers determine his future and his identity and how well his life is going to be. That's not what he's, no, no, no. His delight is in the law of the Lord and he meditates in it day and night. That's what's going to determine his life because that's setting his heart. And look what he says. That man shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in its season and his leaves shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Wow. Come on, give God a praise. Come on. Out of the heart. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. You want to live the abundant life? You got to have an abundant life heart. You got to get rid of all the weeds. You got to get them rocks out of there. You got to let Holy Spirit plow up the fallow ground and the and the the hard pan down there. Come on, let and just get that soil. Whoo! So when the seed falls in, it just starts taking root, and then it starts growing, and then pretty soon it starts bearing fruit. But not just a little bit of fruit. It starts bearing lots of fruit. I want to live the abundant life, don't you? Forget the scrawny stuff. My roses, I want them to have really good, healthy, strong stems. Makes me mad when they got weak little stems and the roses are kind of like that. Forget it. I start working on that rose. I want it to I want it to be healthy and strong and I want lots of fragrance. 
bugs me when I buy roses to bring to my bride and I smell them. Oh, that one was raised in the hot house. It didn't even have any fragrance. Right? Come on. Amen? Don't you love hanging around Christians who are like this all the time? Pray for me, brother. I'm under such attack. Well, if you're under attack, get out the armor of God and kill that demon. Oh, we better look at some promises. You, you, you're not getting it. We better look at some promises. Come on, here we go. Everyone, this first one, look here. Second Peter 1 verse 3. According as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Is that a good promise? Like that one? How about Isaiah 26, 3? Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee for their trust is in the Lord. It's a heart issue. All right? How about this one? Exodus 23, 22, 27. Listen, this one will rock your world. God is speaking and he says this. I am going to be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversary. And I will make your enemies turn their back to you. Anybody like that one? Or do you like getting beat up? I could say something right there. I'll stop. Okay. How about Exodus 23, 25 to 26? This is really cool. You shall serve the Lord and he will bless your bread. He will bless your water. He will remove sickness. He will not let anyone miscarry or be barren. And he will fulfill the number of your days. Your life's not going to be cut short. I've asked God, God, I want to be like Joshua and Caleb. I want to have a right mind, a healthy body, and I want to be strong, and I want to be conquering the enemy clear into my 80s. And when I'm done here, just take me up. Don't don't make me go to a nursing home, God. I don't want to be sitting in your chair sucking my lower lip. Just take me up. Just get me out of here. Because the only point to be here is to get your job done. Amen? Amen. Amen. Woo! I know I'm crazy. Okay. How about Deuteronomy 8.18? He said, I will give you the power to get wealth. Well, brother, God, sometimes God keeps us poor to keep us humble. That's a lie out of hell. That is not God's word. This is God's word. I'll give you the power to get wealth. Come on. Well, we got a few more. You want some more? Here we go. How about some more? Isaiah 53, 5 and 1 Peter 2, 24. Isaiah 53, 5 says, by his stripes we were healed. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, by his stripes we are healed. Present completed work. Remember what he said? No sickness among you. Oh, that's cool. How about Philippians 4, 19? But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. How about this one? Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. 
This one, Romans 8, 31 to 39. If God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, really? If God said, I'm going to be an enemy to your enemies. I'm going to be an adversary to your adversaries. I'm going to make your enemy turn their back on you and run. If Deuteronomy 28, he said, one of the promises is the enemy may come against you one way, but he'll flee before you seven ways. And God says, oh, by the way, if God's for us, who can be against us? <laughs> he shall, will he not freely give us all things? What do you need? Child, what do you need? I'm, I'm giving you promises of God right out of scripture, folks. This isn't right up. This isn't, this isn't the, you know, the latest author. This isn't the latest can-do book. This is right out of God's holy word. How about this one? I like this one. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies and it's Christ who intercedes. If you're under condemnation, if you're constantly having condemning thoughts, that is the enemy. That is not Jesus Christ. That is not Almighty God. And it's time for you to let Jesus Christ silence that. And how you silence it is you replace it with God's holy word. So when the enemy comes and says, oh, you're such a jerk. Oh, you can everything. Oh, you're so, you go, stop. Mind, you stop that right now. Raise up the shield of faith. I am a child of God. I am just as if I'd never sinned. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his only son in the likeness of flesh and, and for sin has condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. If you're not recognizing that, that's Romans 8 one through five. You are free from condemnation. Amen? Amen. Hey, isn't this good? God's promises. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now folks, these two slides are only a couple of handfuls of God's promises. I didn't even get into the book of Psalms. Oh, man. Come on, these are God's promises to you. But you know what happens? Is we do something like this. Well, I know, brother, but that doesn't work for me. I tried that. What's that mean? You tried that. That's like, you know, you're, you're wanting to help somebody and so you give them step one, step two, step three. You said, you know what, this, this will work. This is God's word, this will work. They go, I'll try. What do you mean you'll try? What's that mean? You know what that means? By the time they get out the door, they've already decided, I can't do that. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I'll try. That's not, that's not what you do. I'm sure your boss loves that. He says to you, by the way, I want you to go out and we need, we need, to, get, we need to get this, this part framed up. So would you go get it rough framed up? I'll try. <laughs> really? You're going to try? How's that going to work for you? Got to be kidding. No, 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 no. I will do it. 
This is God's word. I will do it. Joshua, yes. Give yourself wholly to my word. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to observe all that is written in it. He didn't go, I'll try. That's not what Joshua did. Joshua went out and he obeyed. Come on. And look, listen, by the way, if you're not certain who Joshua is, Joshua is the one who led them around Jericho and the walls of Jericho fell and they conquered the city, the unconquerable city they conquered. He's also the guy that that several months later when they were in the middle of a battle and they were winning the battle, but they were running out of daylight and he cried out to God and God so listened to Joshua that he stopped the entire universe from its normal order order so that Joshua could have more daylight to win the battle. You talk about a man of faith. Come on. What happened to Wutha? I'll tell you what happened to worry, fear, and anxiety in that man's life. It was conquered because he kept the word of God in his mouth day and night. He spoke the word of God. He thought on the word of God. He obeyed the word of God. And he walked in victory. And every time the enemy attacked him, he conquered the enemy. And you can do the very same thing. Don't limit God's work in your life. Well, how could I limit God? I mean, God's almighty, God's all powerful. Yes, he is. But Psalm 78 verse 43 says, they did not believe God and they limited his work. Did you hear me? Talking about the children of Israel. They did not believe God and they limited his work. And you know what? Some of you have been doing that very same thing. You love Jesus. You're going to heaven. But because of doubt in your heart, because of worry, fear, and anxiety, you are limiting God's work in your life. Now that may work for others, but it doesn't work for me. Well, I could never do that. Why not? Well, you know, I've been praying God to heal me and God just hasn't healed me. So I guess it's his will that I have this sickness. Excuse me? Excuse me? What, What did you just say? You think it's God's will that you have that sickness? And scripture says that almighty God put all sickness and disease on Jesus Christ. And God says that there would be no sickness among you. God says, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, thy healer. God says, by his stripes, we are healed. And you're sitting and thinking that it's God's will for you to be sick. That's Satan's will for you to be sick, not God's will. Come on, don't let, don't let fear, worry, and anxiety keep you in that prison. Rise up in faith in God's word. Well, you know, I guess it's just God's will that I live in this, you know. It's just, I can't be any better anyhow. What, what are you saying? May I remind you the word of God says, that you are redeemed, that you are adopted, 
that you have been born again, that you are a new creation. Now, as a redeemed, born again, new creation, son and daughter of almighty God, that makes you royalty. That's why scripture says in Revelation 1, 7, that because we've been redeemed by Jesus Christ, we are now kings and priests to our God. We are royalty. Why are you living like a slave when you are royalty? Now, I don't mean walking about arrogantly and arrogantly demanding of Almighty God. Come on. He, he is Almighty God. Amen? But see, what happens is when we let negativity fill our mind, we, we begin doubting God's work. That he will work on our behalf. But here's, here's something even worse. You ready? We start doubting his willingness to work on our behalf. His willingness. He may do it for others, but I don't think he'll do it for me. And we start doubting his willingness. I, that's why, would you stand with me, please? I want us to read together these character and nature of almighty God. Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord, I do not change. There will be people that will tell you, well, God did miracles in the Old Testament and God healed people in the Old Testament. And, and yes, Jesus healed people, but now we're in a new dispensation. God's not doing that anymore. That's a lie. He doesn't change. If God baptized people in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and if the Apostle Peter said, for this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Well, did God stop calling people to salvation? Well, if he's still calling people to salvation, then he's still calling them to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on. I'm the Lord God. I don't change. James 1, 7, every good gift, every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness or turning. He doesn't change and he's a good God. He's a good God. My father loves me and he wants to do good things for me. We, we got to stop. We got to stop. Some of you right now, you are battling doubt and thoughts in your mind so much. I want you to close your eyes right now. And I want you to say out loud with your mouth, my God is a good God. He is my father. My God is a good God. He is my father. He wants to do good things for me. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Second Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord running to and fro across the earth looking for those who are loyal to him. 
that he might show himself strong. He's always looking. Are you wondering if God's seeing what's going on in your life? He's seeing. If your heart's loyal to him, he wants to show himself mighty to you. Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? By the way, this was, this was when 90-year-old Sarah had received that God was saying, a year from now, you're gonna have a baby. She laughed. Are you, are you kidding me? I am a 90-year-old grandma. What are you thinking? God says, anything too hard for me? And then over two centuries later, a young virgin that's never known a man gets a visitation from Gabriel. He says, by the way, a year from now, you're gonna have a baby boy. He's gonna be the son of God. He'll be the son of the most high. How is that possible? (laughs) Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you. The power of the most high will overshadow you. For with God, all things are possible, Gabriel said. Is anything too hard for God? Come on, is anything too hard for God? Cancer too hard for God? Anything too hard for God? Jeremiah 29, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. This is gonna rock your world because some of you think he's he's thinking, "You, you, you piece of slime ball. You never. You think I'm going to answer your prayer? What are you thinking? That's not what God thinks. This is what He thinks. The Lord says, "I know thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope." That's how God thinks of you. Yes. Hear it again. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. That's how God thinks about you. And that corresponds directly with 1 Peter 3.12. 1 Peter 3.12, he repeats this. This is what God thinks about you. Wow. Wow. 2 Corinthians 1.20. All the promises of God in him are yes. In him are Amen. This is God. You can count on God. Would you take your hands and just hold them out like this? And I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer with me and I'm gonna ask you to mean it from your heart to him. God, you are God. You are almighty God. You do not change. Jesus Christ, you are God and you live in me. Your promises are absolutely true and your nature and character, you keep your promises. You are merciful and gracious. And your desire for me me. 
is that I live abundantly. That my heart be a heart of abundant life. Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. Plow my heart deep. That it would be a bountiful heart. Full of your life. Overflowing with your blessing. Because you want good for me. You want my life to be bountiful in good things. In the good life. In a prosperous life. That's your will for me. That's your desire for me. Jesus, I choose to walk in it. Amen. Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have an enemy. And he will challenge you this week on what you just prayed. He'll try and get you to doubt it. He'll try to give you to fear. What are you going to let him do? It's your choice. Out of your heart. You can believe God. You're going to believe the fear, the worry, and the anxiety he puts on you. It's a choice. It's out of your heart. It's a heart. I pray bountiful things for you. Amen. Amen. He's a good God. We serve a good God. Lord, I thank you that when the enemy comes against them one way, he will turn and flee from them seven. You are an adversary to their adversaries and you will fight on their behalf. Thank you, mighty God. Amen. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at